You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked on Pelicans, the 2-0 in the playoffs. Locked on Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on Apple Podcasts, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And oh boy, was that a fun but stressful game last night. But the Pelicans are walking away up 2-0, winning both games on the road after a 111-102 win over the Portland Trailblazers. This was a big one for the Pelicans trying to advance out of the first round. And now they have a commanding lead here as the series shifts back to New Orleans on Thursday for games three and four. Saturday is when game four is going to be played. We're going to recap this game and just talk about it today because there's a number of things to really look at. Almost a tale of two halves, almost a tale of two players, uh, Lillard and Drew Holiday as I lose my voice because I'm talking so much. Um, this was a really fun one, and there's a couple of things we want to look at and really take away. Nurkic injury, different things like that. So we're just going to kind of dive right in. There's no real plan here in today's podcast. We're just going to kind of talk and go through some of this. We'll recap everything for you guys and get you all set in a day or so for game three. So the NBA is often a game of runs. It's a cliche that people say, but it's a cliche because it's also true. And after a 9-2 start, which forced a timeout from Portland, the Trailblazers got back into this one to bring the score to 25-23 after one. In that quarter, Drew Holiday did a number of different things while and led all scores. He had 12 points in the quarter. You saw it from the tip that this guy was dialed and focused in and was not going to let this team lose the game. And you saw maybe one of his best games as a pro this guy was outstanding in game one harassing Lillard and McCollum on the defensive side and he had that game ceiling block and he was even better tonight and showed up even more so than he already did game one he had 21 points he had even more in this one finishing with I think it was 33 on the night nine assists and just one turnover one that is a tremendous performance from Drew Holiday. He was the MVP of this game. He's been the best guard in this series. Not Damian Lillard, not CJ McCollum. He's been the best guard in this series. And you could almost make the claim that he's been the best player in the series, outplaying Anthony Davis here with the Pelicans. Holiday's been that good. The second quarter, though, was a bit of a concern as all of a sudden New Orleans put in some of the subs and you saw some really, really awful lineups out there that allowed Portland to take a 36-29 to lead going into the half by uh, winning by five. And all things considered, you had to feel pretty good because New Orleans in the second quarter at times looked really bad. The pairing in the backcourt of Ian Clark and Rajon Rondo was not great. You threw Darius Miller, Solomon Hill, and Chuck Diallo in there. And my God, was it a bit of an eyesore at times. Ian Clark on the night finished with just three points. He only took two three-point attempts, hit one, was one of five from the night. He was ineffective in this game, um, and it's just backed up by everything you see with that. was a minus 12 on the night. That's a team low. Solomon Hill in 15 and a half minutes of play was minus 11. You saw him try and do a little too much on offense, not what you want to see out of him whatsoever. 
And of course, Darius Miller, who did hit two big threes in this one. Not as bad. He got some run with the starters to close the half. You saw them trot out there. Uh, Rajon Rondo, Holiday Miller. Uh, sorry, it was Holiday Moore, Miller, Miritich, and Davis. That lineup was probably one of the better ones the Pelicans ran all game. That was very important. But Portland had a five-point lead in the at half at the break, and you thought things maybe were just going to get a little bit away from the Pelicans. But then the third quarter started, and Drew Holiday was on fire there. Pelicans win the third quarter 33-19. to Holiday had seven straight points in that. That was the seven points he scored in that quarter and led really the team kind of getting them under control, overcoming the negative aspects that you saw in in the first half from this one. Anthony Davis in that quarter, after having kind of a quiet game so far, finished with 11 points, took over that scoring duty from Drew Holiday. And then, by the way, didn't score in the fourth quarter. The Pelicans actually went 16 minutes, 16 whole minutes, without Anthony Davis scoring, and hey, all of a sudden, they or he didn't make a field goal, I should say, but the Pelicans still managed to persevere, and it was all Holiday and Rondo in that fourth quarter. Playoff Rondo was a real thing. You saw big shots made by Miritich, each one more getting into lane and scoring, and despite all the bad that was going on and starting to turn, and it looked like Portland was going to maybe take this one, Pelicans managed to tie the fourth quarter 24-24, and that big third quarter from the Pelicans' studs coming up, playing big when they needed to, was enough to carry them through. So on the night, Anthony Davis finished with 22 points, 13 rebounds. He had five turnovers. Turnovers were a bit of an issue in this one, particularly uh, during the second quarter. Holiday with 33 points, nine assists, as we said, three rebounds. Uh, you had Rajon Rondo, 16 points. That's up from six in game one. 10 rebounds, nine defensive boards, coming up with 50-50 balls, just wanting it more from Portland. We'll talk about all this in the second and third segments here in the podcast. I'm going to break these up where I feel there's some natural breaks. It's uh, I'm recording this. It's 1.40 a.m. Central Time, staying up to record late so that you guys get this first thing in the morning. So bear with me as we're a little less structured than normal here. But Rondo, 16 points. Nine re- or ten rebounds. Those defensive rebounds were huge. Nine assists, six turnovers. Again, not ideal. You see the good and bad from him, but playoff Rondo still is a very real thing. Nikola Mirotich, freshly shaven as he's going to be for every game in these playoffs. Seventeen points, eight rebounds, two blocks. This guy who does a lot for this team, even when his shots not falling, and despite kind of the bad early offense he had. In the first half, he really did get it under control and was a key contributor for the Pels down the stretch. You see him trying to just rip early shots to get into a rhythm so that he can kind of be hot late in games. I think that's what that really has to do with and not him just tend to taking bad shots or whatever. I think there's a plan to all of this and it's to get him kind of in motion in a rhythm early on, get that shot going, falling, dialed in a little bit more that he can be effective late in games. And he was in this one. For Portland, though, they had better games from Damian Lillard and McCollum, though not great. They took a combined 39 shots, and they scored a combined... Oh, it's exactly 39 points. I didn't even know that. I just was looking over. That's interesting. 39 points on 39 shots. That is an inefficient night. Lillard was 1 of 7 from 3, and you could see him being visibly rattled. 17 points for him on the night. He had 7 turnovers in this game. That's as many turnovers as made shots 
That's how you shut down that star, all-star, all-NBA guard for Portland and Holiday doing a number right there. McCollum in almost 40 minutes as well was 9 of 21 from the night, 3 of 8 from deep. So he was getting it going a little bit more, 22 points. You had Al Farouk Aminu explode in the second quarter when he was uh, left wide open. This was the Pelicans game plan, and we talked about this yesterday when we were looking at adjustments. Pelicans are going to force the ball out of Lillard and McCollum's hands, get them into other guys. Al Farouk Aminu beat the Pelicans for a little bit in the second. He hit four threes, 12 points right there, not what you want. But when the ball got to Evan Turner, who in 20 minutes was 0-4-6, not going to get it done. Mo Harkless made a return for the Trailblazers in this one, logging 27 minutes. He had 11 points. Zach Collins, their rookie big kind of wing guy on, on off the bench, scored 12 points. He was very good and actually deed up Anthony Davis Pretty well in this game. But ultimately, if those star guards aren't playing as well as they need to be, Portland's going to have some trouble, and they did down the stretch when that team ran out of gas in the third, really had no answer for what the Pelicans were trying to do in the fourth quarter. So before I break down some of the interesting things that really happened in this game, and there was a chess match going on out there at times, and I said this is going to happen in this series. These coaches are going to counter each other and need to come up with solutions. There were certain moves made. Did they work out or not? We'll cover those in a second here. Make sure you listen to Locked On NBA, though. We've got playoff games every single night, at least two or three, and I host the Wednesday edition with John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. We recap everything you need to know. Touch on the G League. They're getting raises. Does that mean anything for the Pels? Listen and find out. So make sure you subscribe and listen to the now daily Locked On NBA podcast. So yesterday's podcast talked about adjustments. What adjustments would Portland make? What adjustments would New Orleans make? We saw one early on and it was very effective and allowed Portland to get a number of easy buckets and really break down the Pelicans defense and force them to struggle early on. And it had to do in the pick and roll and Portland really defensively or offensively needed to get Anthony Davis away from the rim. So they ran high pick and rolls with whoever Anthony Davis was guarding, mainly Yusuf Nurkic. At times it was Al Farouk Aminu or other guys, but I think the Pelicans realized they needed to kind of put a bigger body on Nurkic to kind of control the offensive glass and defensive glass a little bit more. So you saw him guarding the bigger, heavier guy that he normally doesn't like to take. Portland countered this by pulling him out of the paint and putting Nurkic in a high pick and roll with Lillard or McCollum, sometimes running a double screen action there to get those guys a full head of steam going into the lane, into the hoop. And with Davis away from the paint, stuck to Nurkic because he does have very good playmaking ability up there. He doesn't necessarily have the the perimeter shot, but he can pass and he can make things happen a little bit. And he's kind of a do-it-all guy for them. Think of a much lesser uh, Nikola Jokic and you know he was traded from Denver because they already had Jokic and they didn't need his skill set there so it kind of shows you what's going on he does a lot of that so Anthony Davis had to stick close by to him which really opened the paint up for Portland a whole lot more you saw these guys then just drive off of the pick and roll trying to hit the rim when they knew Davis wasn't there and he wasn't able to rotate over and provide the help defense and rim protection that he's so good at you saw more baseline cutting from Portland this was a guy this is a team that doesn't really have many assists. They are last or second to last in the league in assists per game. And I think they had 14 by halftime. That's a lot for them. That's a really high number. And it showed you they were willing to pass the ball a little bit more. Now, that also has to do with what the Pelicans were doing defensively. They were trapping 
uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum right on the perimeter. You saw Lillard get hit with two guys, realize it was coming, and then pass the ball right away, all of a sudden leading to like a mini fast break in the half court for Portland. And New Orleans had no one at the rim because you're trapping with Anthony Davis or Miritich out there. So you've taken one of your paint defenders away, one of your rim protectors and help defenders away. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a one-on-one matchup for Portland to get to the rim. They took advantage. That's really what they did in the second corner was they punished New Orleans for doing that. The game shifted, though, when Nurkic left. He only played 15 minutes in this one. He was very hurt. You could see it and wasn't nearly as impactful when he tried to come back, I think, and didn't really manage to do anything in the second half. He played under three and a half minutes in the second half. Portland only got two offensive rebounds during that stretch. Compare that to when I think I'm pulling the numbers right now in front of me. They had 11 in the first half. So it's a tale of two halves there. And that really does have to do with Nurkic not being out there. And all of a sudden, Anthony Davis can sag off a little bit more. He can hit the glass a little bit more. And it really changed the game for them. You saw Anthony Davis get a block down low, then all of a sudden run in transition, get up for the putback slam from Drew Holiday. They weren't able to do that in the first half because Nurkic was there and the Pelicans didn't really have an answer for him. Nurkic isn't going to be a game changer in this series, but he does force you to change how you play a little bit, particularly with the Pelicans out there needing to kind of stay near the rim to make their defense as successful as it was in game one. When you've got these guards trapped on the perimeter and Drew Holiday playing tremendous one-on-one defense out there, and you've got Davis lurking below. The hell is Portland supposed to do? And that's a big reason why McCollum and Lillard have been struggling in this series. And the New Orleans backcourt is really outshining both of these guys. You saw playoff Rondo in full effect. Yes, he had the turnovers there. Yes, New Orleans needs to cut down that those 14 turnovers that they had. But for the most part, they limited the damage that was going on there, giving up just 16 points off those 14 turnovers. Only 14 second chance points, or sorry, 16 second chance points for Portland in this one. New Orleans really did what they wanted to do. And those offensive rebounds in the first half really didn't kill the Pelicans that much. Again, when you have rim protection like that, they're not just scoring on these easy putbacks like it. Otherwise, you'd have seen this number in the 20s just from the first half alone. Rajon Rondo and Holiday were absolutely outstanding, particularly down in the fourth quarter. And again, you'll live with Rondo's turnovers when he's changing the geometry and the pacing in the half court like he was for you. He had some assists out there that are just mind-blowing. You saw that one from basically where the the three-point line breaks to the corner where he just threaded a needle between three guys to Drew Holiday who was cutting down and the chemistry all of these guys have to just anticipate that pass, then make that pass and put it past all those guys for a lay-in that was a clutch bucket in the fourth quarter for the Pels with Drew Holiday is huge. Rondo even is coming up in big moments. He had that dagger of a three from the corner that basically sealed the win for the the Pelicans. These guys are outplaying Portland, and it has a lot to do with that veteran instincts that Rajon Rondo has here, and then Drew Holiday just being fantastic. 19 points in the second half. When Anthony Davis just didn't have much going for the final 16 minutes of the game, partially because Zach Collins is actually doing a decent job of defending him, Holiday stepped up. 2 of 4 from 3 in the quarter, 19 points as we said, 7 of 13 overall, that's 53.8%. You can't ask for anything better. This guy is playing the best basketball of his life on the biggest stage, and the Pelicans need him. This isn't a one-man team anymore. This is a two-man, three-man, four-man team because everyone's chipping in. Miritich had basically the the go-ahead three for the Pels while he kept 
on shooting. This team has confidence. They're different mentally. They're not withering or wilting when another team goes on runs. And runs happen. In the NBA, it's how you respond to those runs and how do you end it and then get your own going. And the Pelicans have been just kind of doing it through grit and grind almost in this series. They're, it's nothing flashy. It's Drew Holiday getting into the paint and scoring and being effective that way. They're doing it by defense. There's a lot of kind of Memphis Grizzlies in this team a little bit right now with better shooting overall and just more star power than what you saw from that team. This this team next year, when you add Cousins and everything back into the mix, assuming they re-sign him, is going to be terrifying with what they're starting to morph into. And if you want to know how much Drew Holiday's impacted this series, he impacted the rotations big time for the Portland Trailblazers in last night's game. Shabazz Napier, who got significant minutes in Game 1 and has gotten significant minutes in throughout the whole season, had no minutes. DMP coach's decision because he was so abused by Drew Holiday in Game 1 that you couldn't risk running that three-man backcourt or guard rotation out there on the wing and in the backcourt. We talked about this in yesterday's pod. They might need to go away from him, particularly if Mo Harkless does come back, but they might need to try and go big against the Pelicans, and they did. They went with Zach Collins, who took seven shots in the fourth quarter in the second half and hit only two of them because the Pels were just forcing the ball away from, again, Lillard and McCollum, forcing the other role players to beat him. And yeah, in the second quarter, that worked for a little bit. But then Evan Turner's 0 for 6 on the night. Zach Collins is 5 of 11 and going 2 of 7 from 3 for just 12 points. Pels got what they needed done, and these the, the Portland Trailblazers role players weren't able to do it to the point where you couldn't even play some guys that you need to maybe play in this game to try and help you out a little bit. Now might be as good of a time to remind you, check out LockedOnPelicans.com. Content up there daily covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans. You want to know what's going on. This is a playoff run. It's fun. Make sure you know everything and be as smart of a Pelicans fan as you possibly can be by reading LockedOnPelicans.com daily. This was also an interesting game to look at for the decisions that head coach Alvin Gentry made. And when you looked at some of the lineups and the rotations in the first half, you, you're going to question them. I did. Other people did as well. And it was very confusing. Again, that lineup of Ian Clark and Rondo, Miller, um, Diallo, and Hill is not a good lineup. It makes you a little bit scared. But what Alvin Gentry was trying to do, and you see this over a play over the course of the game. You can't just look at these moments in decision, in moment to moment. You need to look at them over the full 48 minutes. He tried to keep one of Davis and Holiday on the court as much as he could, ideally playing both of them together where the, that lineup and that pairing in these two games has been just terrifyingly good versus when they both sit when it's been pretty bad. If you can at least keep one of them out there, it works a little bit. There were some lineups with Davis and others that just made no sense either. But I think part of that's just to rest those guys so that you can play them heavy, heavy minutes in the four, in the second half particularly if you could get him to play almost all of it. Davis, I think, just had a two-minute rest in the third and fourth quarter because Alvin Gentry staggered them early, giving them a little bit more rest to backload their minutes. Also, though, because of the timeouts that he's not taking early on, there was that period in game one where Portland was on a 12-0, 14-0 run, and people are screaming, why is he not taking a timeout when you've got two left? He's saving those for later. Gentry had four timeouts with, I think, five minutes left in the game. That's big. You can keep Anthony Davis on the court. You can take back-to-back timeouts if you need to. And all of a sudden, you're giving him 
three, four, five minutes on the bench consecutively just to regain some energy to throw him back out there to be a force and a terror, which he was doing defensively, even though he wasn't making shots, to close out the game when you need him the most. Same thing for Drew Holiday. He knows that the most effective lineup is with both these guys on the court at the same time. So you weather the storm early in the first half, stagger them a little bit to get them some rest, and then you unleash them in the third and fourth quarter together, which is what really pulled the Pelicans ahead. Drew Holiday being kind of rested and taking over in the third. Also, tremendous by Gentry to not put Drew Holiday on the bench when he started getting in maybe foul trouble. If you watched the Wizards game, the Wizards-Raptors game earlier on in the night, John Wall and Bradley Beal both had two fouls in the second quarter and got benched. And all of a sudden, Toronto raced out to an 18-point lead. Neither of those guys are foul-prone guards. So I don't know what Scott Brooks was doing, putting him on the bench and letting just their lead or their contention just slip away by that. Play the numbers, know that they're not going to foul out. Then if they hit their third, maybe pull them. That wasn't the case here in the New Orleans-Portland game. Alvin Gentry trusted Drew Holiday to go out there and not get fouls. Guess what? Holiday finished with five fouls on the night. But he didn't foul out, and he did that in 38 minutes. That's a tremendous job of knowing your player, trusting your player, and making the right move to keep him in there. And then if he fouls out, figure it out, because you might as well get the most productive minutes you can with him during that stretch. He also didn't panic when the Portland Trailblazers had those role players making shots, doing things well, particularly in the second quarter when Aminu went off and hit four threes. They didn't change to covering him. They still dared him to shoot. They still dared Evan Turner to shoot. And those guys didn't end up doing much of else in this game, partially because those is probably no, they can't. And they needed to try and get back to Lillard and McCollum. And the Pelicans didn't flinch. They still doubled and trapped those guys. And then without Nurkic there, they knew they could hit the defensive glass even more. They did. And they took control of it while cutting down the turnovers not much more you could ask for in this pelicans team remaining calm cool collected whatever word you want to say in the face of adversity in a hostile environment on the road was frankly tremendous now mason just tweeted this out it looks like uh on the wikipedia page drew holiday owns the portland trailblazers and playoff drew is better than regular season drew and regular season drew was really really good this is a lot of fun, and now the Pelicans are in control of this series. I think this is the numbers, what they said on the broadcast. I might be misquoting this, but uh, it's not that big of a deal. Teams that are up 2-0 and in a best-of-seven series like this win 93% of the time, and now you're coming home. You don't need to go on the road. You've won two on the road. All right, sorry, yeah, you've already won those. You get the like friendly confines of the Smoothie King Center, which is going to be loud as shit tomorrow night so this is going to be a lot of fun and that's really going to fuel this team they're going to be tired they're leaving Wednesday morning not Tuesday night to come back less time to kind of just get in your own bed recover get off of the jet lag and everything so they're going to need the Smoothie King Center to be loud and fuel them because they will be running out of steam a little bit the series isn't over by any stretch yet but if New Orleans wins game three then, yeah, you're looking at potentially a sweep or winning in five or six at that point, moving on to the next round with a lot of momentum where no one's going to want to play you like this, particularly then maybe allows you to work out some of the kinks with Solomon Hill, some of these other guys that are going to really need to step up. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Pels up 2-0. It's a lot of fun. Tomorrow's podcast, we're going to preview the game, talk about more adjustments and what other changes you will maybe see for this. 
Also, I'll let you guys know what color shirts are going to be in the Smoothie King Center because that's going to certainly be a thing to make that the most scary home court advantage that could possibly be the case. So enjoy the victory, Pelicans fans. And seriously, this is a lot of fun right now. When I was recording Locked On NBA, jumped on with John right after the Pels game. First thing he said was congrats. It is fun to cover a playoff team. New Orleans fans really wanted a winner. They're getting one. Make sure, by the way, you check out Scott Kushner's article over at The Advocate talking about kind of the bar scene and it really picking up here with the Pels. The city is getting excited. It's a lot of fun. We hope this will continue. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to preview the game. 